It's kind of a weird passage, isn't it? It's kind of a strange one. So, lucky for you guys, I got my Master of Divinity online. So, I will help you all understand what's going on <laughs> with this passage. So, in a couple of weekends, Anna and I are going to go to Vermont. And it is because seven years ago, Anna and I led a week at a church camp in Wisconsin that was the first ever church camp for Awana. And it was this site, and we were there, and we enjoyed it. We had a really good time. And um, probably we don't like to do it as much, but we used to do that stuff quite a bit. Um, because they're like, we'll pay you $200 and you only have to speak 15 times in one week. And it just kind of gets draining after a while. So while we were there, we met some people and now one of them is a pastor at this church in Vermont and he wants to put on a retreat. And so we're gonna go oh, um, in a couple of weekends. And I was on a Zoom call with the pastor of the church in Vermont and this other pastor and they were talking about you know, what we were gonna talk about. And I started to tell them kind of about what I've been experiencing at chapel from the stuff happening with housing development to the park stuff that's amazing and things happening at chess club, things that have happened on street ministry, all kinds of things that I've experienced. And most of them are not my stories, they're your stories um, that I'm getting to share. And this pastor from the Assemblies of God, that's the church he was in, he it was like 53 years old and he just got so excited about what was happening in Kalamazoo and we talked for like an hour about how their church wants to learn to be present and reach the community better than they do and it made me feel really excited because that's something that we have all felt passionate about or we wouldn't be here <laughs> like that's like the tag of Edison Chapel is we're here to be with the neighborhood, to empower the neighborhood. And so even sharing some stories, it gets other entire churches like, oh, when you come, will you preach about that? Will you help us understand what it means to move in that direction a little bit? And it made me feel really happy. It made me feel really excited. And it made me feel like there's a lot of big movements happening and there's more to come. And, and so... I just I feel honored to be a part of all of it with you and that ties a little bit into Matthew chapter 17 transfiguration where Jesus took with him Peter James and John the brother of James and led them up a high mountain by themselves there he was transfigured before them which I did not look this up in Greek but I imagine it means like he changed physical like his his dna changed or something and he was kind of like see-through or glowy he was transfigured before them his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light just then there appeared before them moses and elijah taking talking with jesus peter said to jesus lord it is good for us to be here if you wish i'll put up three shelters one for you one for moses and one for elijah while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. 
When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one but Jesus. What stands out to any of you? And I know I can do this with you guys because I know Keith Foddy will eventually share something. But what stands out to any of you? And it'll be good. He's been a pastor for longer than I have ever been a pastor. So he, I can always count on these participation things because he's going to jump in. Brian. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is repeat so everyone can hear. Jesus knows something unique, dynamic, and special is going to happen. And so he brings some of his closest friends and disciples to participate, experience, and see what is going to happen. That's a big invite. That would make me feel really good. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? Megan. Yeah, Peter, James, and John have this really human, terrified response, and they want to build houses for everybody, which is just weird, but it makes me think about my own reaction. Like, yeah, I think it would be weird, but you also see like the amount of trust start to break down a little bit, because Jesus brought them with him to experience this, but then it happens, but then they're freaking out. And they're like, you know, I'd rather be back down. Like, the word terrified, it's not like they were frightened. It's not like they jumped and then laughed. Jesus jumped around a bush, gotcha, and they're like, oh man, you got us. No, they're, they're terrified now. And it's like, I wish I had not come to this magic show. And yet, it's Jesus who invited them. And yet, they want to stay there forever. Like, such a swirl of emotions. Thank you for pointing that out. Anything else? Yeah, they, they, they decided not to tell anybody, or they were told not to tell anybody. Which is strange. Jesus has the tendency to do that a lot. And sometimes I wonder if it's, hey guys, please don't tell anybody about this because you have no idea how to explain it. And we are so quick to want to explain everything that God does, especially if it can be like in the form of Rod Tucker's book and everyone can buy that thing because I was able to explain God and what just happened and we're prevalent and we run to each other for answers all the while, Jesus seemed to live in this rhythm where something profound would happen and he would like, time out. It's not your job to explain this. You were just supposed to witness it. That's, that's pretty powerful. Thanks for that, Maureen. Anyone else? Eventually, Keith, you have to share. To add to that, I think uh, we're all 
Yeah. And it's like if we, we think to ourselves, well, if I share this and tell people about it, are they going to think I'm crazy? Yeah. Or, or just not believe me and laugh at me or what? If I have an experience that borderlines what some people would call supernatural, and I want to share that, I'm, I'm risking something and I'm being vulnerable and I'm risking hurt. I'm risking someone not receiving my awe and my wonder. And awe and wonder are some of the most vulnerable places we can be as human beings, but when we wanna share that in our excitement and then someone just kinda of shuts it down, it can really hurt. Maybe Jesus was protecting them from that. Because sometimes it shifts with like, we want to talk to others about God and so we even, you know, when I was growing up, I, I was really passionate about apologetics. I can defend the faith. I can prove to you. And sometimes I wonder if my energy that was spent in those veins was a defense mechanism because I was afraid of stepping in and sharing my awe and my wonder and being hurt. And so instead I came in with my weapons and my arguments and my good ideas and I took the offense as opposed to just being vulnerable and letting someone see my heart. Anyone else? You guys are doing really good from my perspective. Like this is awesome. The mic is ringing? Anyone else? Oh, move my face closer? Okay. Okay. Yes, Keith? I just think about what Marie said. I think about that to the next step. Like, okay, how long does it take me to tell my wife that I got a car accident today when I get home? Like, you know, something happens, something big happens, and it takes me about three minutes. Mm -hmm. to, to share like this crazy thing just happened today that you know I just got to tell my wife about or your significant other or whatever. But what what level of obedience did the disciples have to have to actually shut their mouths and not say they just saw Elijah and Moses? Mm -hmm. Like the two pillars of faith that they have spent their lives learning about. Yeah. So to speak. And it's just crazy that level of obedience, but then also that level of trust in Jesus. That okay, he said don't say anything. That's a that's a lot. Yeah, it, you know, you think about Peter, James, and John after it all ends. You want to sprint down the mountain and it'll take you all but 30 seconds to tell everybody what just happened and that you, in fact, were invited to this moment. And then Jesus says, you were just meant to witness it. You're not meant to share about it. You were just meant to see it. I wanted to share this moment with you. And so there's two things going on from my perspective. And one is that you were meant to witness what God is doing in your life. You're meant to be part of it, to see it, to experience it. You don't have to explain it because this is a gift. This is something where we become awake to what God is doing. And the fear of not being able to explain that sometimes can set us off because 
we've become awake to what God is doing, and now we don't know what to do with it. And it seems like, according to this story, God is just saying, you don't have to do anything with it. This doesn't need to become a marketing strategy. This doesn't need to be for them over there. It was for this group of people over here right now. You can just appreciate it. And if you can simply appreciate it, then you can, be, you can prepare yourself and be ready to appreciate the next thing. Instead of spending all of your work trying to make this thing that happened back then relevant again and again and again and again. Have any of you ever been part of a really cool church? Like before, before chapel, because I know we're so cool, you know. Have any of you ever really just been part of a really cool community and then something happened and it hurt or you moved or it fizzled out and it's just not what it was. But when you remember it, you think about the heyday and a lot of your mind as you heal from that moment and that experience is, is learning to realize I don't have to recreate that heyday. I don't need to get back to that time and that space that was so good for me. I can appreciate it for what it was, and then I can appreciate what's new as it's presented to me. And so we see Peter literally say, oh, it's really good we're all here. Let's put up shelters so we can stay in this moment as long as possible. And Jesus doesn't even address that. Jesus isn't like, no, Peter, the point is this. Jesus just continues to do what is being done because he wants them to experience what is being experienced. It's not time to sit down and have a teachable moment about the experience. It's not time for Jesus to sit on a rock and say, gather around and let me explain this moment to you so that you can understand it and teach it someday. It's, it's, it's not even time for you to try to make this moment last forever. It's just time for you to appreciate it for what it is. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what Jesus has them do. But of course, Peter's reaction is, I don't want to lose this. Let me grip it tightly. Let me save it. Let me preserve it. One thing that I've really come to appreciate about what we're doing here is that we are open to the next thing. When housing development presented itself to us, we didn't decide to become the housing development church. We didn't set it up to last forever. We said, we're here to experience what God is doing. We're not here to tell every other church in the nation how to do housing development. We're not here to explain or write down or put in a sermon podcast. Here's how you can get a house for $30,000 cash so that you can help a family own a home. No, we're just appreciative of what God is doing. And it's the same thing with everything that is happening. But in this culture, the temptation for us to want to hold on to something good when it comes to us is so high 
because we're afraid that when it's gone, we won't be able to share it and have that experience again, or people won't believe us and our awe and our wonder will be lost, or we're afraid that we'll never experience that again. And the challenge that I've been facing that I want to present you guys with as well tonight as we step into worship is there's always more. There's always another thing. God is always moving. And our job is to find those spaces where God is moving, specifically for us in this neighborhood, and then participate with it and experience the joy and the awe and even the terrifying moments that come with it because we learn when we experience those without trying to explain them, but just witness them and appreciate God for who God is and what God is doing. We learn to have the capacity to experience the next moment. And when I have the capacity to experience the next moment, then I build the capacity to experience the next moment. For me, by the time chess club started <laughs> and all these master level players show up to start teaching kids, I wasn't surprised at all. I was in awe and I was thankful, but I had built the capacity to appreciate and be a witness of what God was doing. And I was expecting that what God was going to do was going to blow my mind, and it did, but I wasn't surprised. And now I stand here like, what is next? Everything we've done has been free, pretty much. It's making like crazy change. Every innovative person who's stepped up with an idea and said, Let's, this isn't just an idea I'm thinking about. You know, we have a lot of those we're thinking about. Sarah and I are thinking about how can we get speed bumps in the neighborhood? You know, there, there's all these ideas. But anytime someone has just come in and said, I'm ready to sink my teeth into this thing, God has just met us where we're at and made the thing happen. And we so far are doing a good job of not building shelters to stay in that moment and hold on to it because it feels so good and so so new and so amazing. I think the point for me and, and the Bible is weird like when you read it and you're like I think the point that God's making here like I'm not sure that's how the Bible works but I think for me as I read this the point that I'm getting is Jesus comes to me after I've seen God move more powerfully than I could have ever seen, which is what they just saw. And it's happened to me and it's happened to you. And we could go around and we could share stories of ways that we've seen God move. Some of you are here and you, like you're supposed to be dead, but you're not. <laughs> like I can point to two of you right now and you're making amazing impact in this neighborhood. It's after you've seen God move in crazy ways that Jesus comes to you and says, get up, don't be afraid. Those are his words, get up and don't be afraid. And so I'll continue to share stories with Ann Arbor and with Vermont, and I will share a vision for what church can be with all these people who are thirsty and craving something new and different. 
But for us, we don't get to build our shelters on these things that have happened. We get to get up and not be afraid because God is going to do something even greater than what God has done yesterday. And that makes me so excited. So excited. How we do that, how we not build shelters, I don't know. I just, I just know that we're supposed to get up, keep moving, and not be afraid. So with that, as we worship, as we, as we get ready to like sing together and process and feel the end of the week and see how God has preserved us, through this exhausting next week of another pandemic, ask yourself, all right, Lord, what, what are you showing me that I'm supposed to participate in? What have you already prepared that I'm supposed to step into that you're going to blow my mind? Because I want to be part of that and I want to be not afraid. Because I would never say, these are the things that chapel is about. The things that chapel is about is what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it and how are we going to empower this neighborhood together. It's already happening, but there's more. So we learn to get up and not be afraid. Jesus, thank you for my friends. Thank you that we can spend Thursday evening together. Thank you that we can worship together. Thank you that we love each other, that we care about each other. Thank you that you've drawn us to a vision for this time and this place and that you, much like in the Transfiguration, have shown us things about yourself that we didn't know before, some that have kind of terrified us and some that have made us want to stay in those moments forever because they're so dang cool. But Lord, we also want to step into the new things that are going to empower more people. And we want to be part of that and we want to not be afraid. We want to not be afraid of losing what you've done. We want to not be afraid of losing the moments that are so good. We just want to have the capacity to be able to walk in the new things that you have for us because those are the things that seem to make this world turn. And that's all I know right now, God, but it, it seems right. So I ask, Father, on behalf of my friends, as we worship, now that you just really give us your peace and that you really just let us shed the anxieties and the depression and the stress that have been weighing on us all week so that we can really hear from you and hear how much you love us and how much you're using us in jesus name amen